0: You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, thanks a ton for tuning in to today's episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you're here. Listen, I just want to take a minute as a pastor to say, you know, thanks. Thanks to a fantastic church family. Uh, I'm recording this podcast on a Monday. You're probably listening to it on Tuesday. But yesterday on May the 17th of 2020, um, I recognized that it's been exactly five years since uh, the day that we voted as a church. And this church family gave Lindsay and I um, the privilege of being able to lead this congregation that I got the opportunity to preach to you uh, into the next season of my life and uh, to be a shepherd to this family and i'll i'll say this as i get started with this podcast man i i am probably more aware of the mistakes i've made in the last five years and the things the shortcomings that i brought to the table uh, but i am so thankful also for the stories and the testimonies and the opportunities where God's shown himself faithful and where i've been able to see church members cross spiritual uh, landmarks in their life and like it's been amazing to me just some of the baptism that testimonies so I just want to look back um, on a few just sort of big picture things you know um there was a song that I heard when I was in college from this old Jimmy Buffett song, you know, Pirate Looks at 40. So this is almost as sappy. This is a 43-year-old pastor looks back over the last few years. So if you're new to the church, I'll set you up for just a second. Um, man, I came here in 2000, uh, in December of the year in 2000. Yeah, I came as an interim youth minister, thought I'd be here a couple of months while the church found a youth minister. I was doing my seminary work, and I was dating Lynn's, and it, just, you know, just, it was what God wanted me to do. And I thought it's what God wanted me to do for a minute, had no idea that it was going to be potentially the rest of my life. But from that point forward, it's like at every turn, uh, the call that God placed on my life was that it was this church family it didn't matter the job, but it was these people. And, you know, that, th- that's just been a blessing to me to get to see what it looks like to shepherd a congregation, um, you know, just. For the the long haul. So I'm going to look back over um, not the whole journey, but the last few years. I got to start preaching uh, at Carterville consistently and leading the church in 2013. You know, and we took a we took some time as a church to reflect on our future, and it was it was five years ago from Sunday that uh, that you guys locked me in and allowed me to lead. So thanks for ton for that. Let me just look back over a couple of the highlights from the last few years. Um, I'm going to tell you a couple of things that I love preaching, some of my favorite sermon series, and I would love to know um, if you remember them, any of them. So uh, this may be a great one to make a Facebook comment thread and say, hey, I remember that series, or I don't, or God spoke to me, or here's what he did. You know, one of the first sermon series that I preached that I loved was, um, was one that I called, you know, making God famous in the fall of 2013. And we just talked about ways that as a church, we could impact our community to, to make the, the name of God famous among the nations and famous locally. And that one just stands out in my mind. as one of my favorite things that I preached, um, I remember preaching uh in 2015 a uh, sermon series on the book of Hebrews. In fact, kind of as a as an aside, I also wondered what did I preach on May the 17th? And I went back and I remembered. It was uh I looked at my sermon schedule, my preaching notes and I preached a sermon from Mark chapter 8. Uh, what would you give in exchange for your soul? I wanted to preach an evangelistic sermon. I remember, I remember my logic. I thought I'm not going to let this Sunday be overshadowed by a vote. I want to preach the most clear gospel message, the most evangelistic sermon I can, so that when we walk away, no matter how the vote goes, people heard Jesus. And that just kind of made me happy to remember to remember that moment. So, in 2016, I preached a sermon series on David. Um, Landon Adams was my pastoral intern at the time, and I remember Landon being just a ton of help, that sermon series together. It was fun to remember his input, but also just remember preaching those two months worth of sermons. Uh, We launched the Tell Someone campaign in 2016, where we were trying to train one another to be more evangelistic, to reach out to our our community. That's something that's strong in our DNA at Carterville, is just to love our community well and to be evangelistic, to share the gospel well. And I remember that particular sermon series. In the fall, I preached a sermon series called Give Thanks, Give Back. It was the first time we preached that in the fall. And I I love the concept that just you know God has blessed us so much he's been so generous to us that we want to respond with lives of thankfulness just gratitude and generosity we want to bless our community we want to we want to give thanks back to God and we want to make our lives count as an expression of our gratitude Loved that uh, also in 2016 just sort of a personal note uh, I turned 40 and etched in my memory is the way that we celebrated Lindsay uh, Lindsay made a bunch of cupcakes and she cut out pictures of my face and she stuck them on the cupcakes uh, with toothpicks. And we celebrated my 40th birthday, um, just, just with the church family. And that was just kind of meaningful to me to look back on, on having that moment, that mid midlife crisis moment, but have it with people that I love. So thanks church family for being a part of, of that gosh, and so many other precious things that time, uh, in 2017, I was wrapping up uh, my dissertation. I graduated from a Ph.D. work in 2017, and kind of a cool surprise for me. So, um, you know, I'm walking into the chapel for the super formal ceremony, right? I mean, you know, all morning we'd be standing out, out front in our, you know, robes and stuff, getting instructions, and, uh, it you know, it just it's just kind of one of those... It really fun, really meaningful days. But one of the awesome surprises for me is so I march into into that chapel, and I knew that my family was there. I knew that Lindsay and you know her family and you know my parents who were they were all there. But what was a surprise to me was when I got when I got into the into the chapel at New Orleans Seminary and I looked over to my left as I'm walking in to sit down. Um, there was this whole pew of Carterville Baptist Church members who surprised me. They had the whole pew they drove all the way to New Orleans early in the morning to get to get into the space and get the right seats. and there was this representation, of a whole bunch of people from my church family that I don't know, as a pastor, I was blessed out of my mind like the whole day it meant the world to me that our church you know came to to show us that kind of support. loved it. So moving right along as I'm getting a little bit, uh, get a little bit emotional. Um, you know, 2017 also we were, was marked by a tornado that came through the city of pedal and, um, we had a tornado in thir- twenty thirteen and in twenty seventeen. In twenty seventeen, we got to host Samaritan's Purse. Do you remember that? Man, how awesome was it um, to be the the host facility for Samaritan's Purse volunteers? Just because we were blessed by their stories and their testimonies, and like I loved preaching uh, the sermon series that I preached while they were in the room. We had just developed this discipleship concept here called the nine ways to follow Jesus, and so I was preaching through the nine ways while Samaritan Purse volunteers were were in the sanctuary. With us every single Sunday. And if you don't remember that, uh, yeah, the nine ways for us is this idea that we really want to be disciples for Jesus. We want to be changed for Christ. But we know that like just going to church or being cultural Christians, that's not what discipleship looks like. So as I reflected, you know, back on these years, I remembered those nine sermons that we decided that, you know, if you looked through the Bible. There, uh, there's this comparison between you know the Pharisees, well they were very religious, they had their Bibles, they went to church, but they were rejecting Jesus, and Jesus was teaching his disciples to approach God in a different way, and so we identified these nine ways that we follow Jesus that were distinctive of Carterville and I'm going to do some podcasts on the nine ways here pretty soon just so I can recall that, in uh, and share it with, with the church family. In 2018 uh, we launched the 5 by 5 by 5 campaign, you know, in five years we wanted to impact 5,000 households, uh, 5,000 lives, and we want to tell five hundred stories. And you know, I'm looking back at you know, a lot of how I haven't led that campaign perfectly, but how much I love the birth of that campaign, and even some of the good things that are still coming out of it. The first year of that campaign, you know, we made this challenge twenty-five thousand connections, and we fell short of our goal. But my goodness, we reached tons of our community and learned to be a church that invited people and loved people and looked for opportunities to be missional in everyday moments. And uh, that that was like that was huge for me, as I remember remember that moment as a pastor. You know, last year, one of my favorite things that I preached to the church was the the We Believe uh, sermon series. And I'll tell you, 2020 definitely is going to be somewhat marked by the corona quarantine. But before that, before that, you know, we preached a a sermon series that we were calling First Fruits. As a church, we were reminding each other that we want to give God our first and our best, not our least or our leftovers. And like that sermon series is still ringing in my ears, you know, today. To be honest with you, I look back over over all the years, you know, to 2015 to 2013 to, to 2000, and the real memories, though, that stand out for me are the moments that I've just had conversations on the sidewalk or in football stands or in school hallways or at my home or at your home, just where we have tried to live life together. Some high moments, some low moments, and a whole lot of learning and growing together. And here's what I want to do today. I just want to look up at you and say, listen, church family. I know how Jesus has been shaping me for the last 19 years and the last five. But I'd love to know how God is shaping you. And what has God been doing in your life in the last five years while we've been gathering for church together, while we've been loving each other? And will you buckle your seatbelt for the next five? Like, what are we going to see God do in all of our lives for the next 5 years if we will surrender to him and let his spirit lead. So thanks for thanks for bearing with a moment of nostalgia from a preacher who loves you dearly. Thanks so much for putting up with my shortcomings, my mistakes, and thank you very much for being faithful as a church. Like I could not ask for a better church family of faith-filled believers who are willing to love each other and love Jesus well. You guys are amazing. And after five years of officially being your pastor, I just want to say thank you. It's been amazing on my end, and I credit you for that. We have a very faithful Heavenly Father and a great church family. I love you. Thanks a ton.